together. But you know, there's a lot of good memories here, but there was also some not so good memories here. But I just kind of wanted to journey back uh, today to where I grew up. And today I want to be talking to you about uh, those memories in our life, recovering those memories, going back, remembering the things that have happened to us as we journey with God. God wants to redeem our past and he wants us to move forward with him. Okay, 3556 Dowardy Parkway. Doesn't mean a lot to you. My dad bought that house in 1962. He went to be with the Lord in 1994, but my stepmom still lives there. I went back over there with the guys on Monday and we cut that little video. Man, that is a sacred place to me. It's a special place. It's, it's the only house I really ever knew. We lived a couple places till I was two and then lived there my entire life until I went off to university and then I came home and did started doing some night work here and then I met this incredible woman actually I met her in eighth grade but we fell in love in college and we married and we moved from there to an apartment and the rest is history I want you to do something this morning I want you to turn not to the person that came with you because they might know too much about you anyway I want you to turn to somebody around you and tell them where you grew up You've got about 30 seconds so don't hog it turn Okay, chatties, you can come back. Some of you really enjoyed that. Like, man, let's just have some Starbucks and just sit here a while. And some of you are like, that was too close and personal. Well, you know, my girls had it a little different. They lived at, well, Rachel lived at 616 Plantation Way, right across the street from Lagoon Park. I was a big softball player in the day. And uh, people would call me to let me know, or they wanted to know if we were playing or not, because we could just look at the Lagoon lights. Then we... Moved over to 2209 Edinburgh. At that house, because we had Rachel at 616, then with 2209, Sunshine came, little Hannah came along. We lived there for about seven and a half years. 18 years ago, we moved to 6400 Alpha Wood Court. We've been there 18 years. So we, in our marriage, we've had four places, one apartment, and three houses. So already in their little journey, they've had to shift. Just uh, a couple weeks ago, my kids bought their first house. So they've got an address, and we'll see how long y'all last there. But 3556, 42 years, baby, or, or, or since uh, 62, that's a long time, isn't it? I mean, that's not 42, but it's a long, long time. One house. Man, I was over there doing that video, and I looked at one of the bushes, and across the front is these azaleas. They used to be a little smaller, then they got big, then they got kind of cut down. But on down from there, it's not there anymore. They used to be one of my favorites. It was a pyracanther bush. Big, long thorns. We'd play ball in that yard. Now, if I didn't like the way you were doing, I didn't know Christ. If I didn't like it, I'd give you a little push. If you ever landed in a pyracanther bush, game over, baby. Lights out. You ran home and cried to your mama as she did surgery on you. Whiffle ball. Hide and go seek. Here was one of my favorites living over in that neighborhood. I'd get on my bicycle, banana seat. 
cheater slick, slick tire on the back. And I'd get some cards from my mom and dad, and I'd put them in the spokes with clothespins. And hear, do you hear that noise now, any of you? You're like, man, you need, you need to get out more. you got to remember, this is the 60s. And I'd ride. As I went over the other day, I was thinking about memories, and I remember a lot of good memories. And some, not so good. I told the story, and I don't know what happened. Maybe it didn't make the cut, but I even got choked the other day. In the front of that house, there's a bedroom. On the back of the house, there's a bedroom. And on the other side, there's another big bedroom, master suite. Wasn't always like that, though. In the early days, it was just kind of a two-bedroom, one bath, and it was a three-two, and blah, blah, blah. But I never will forget, I was a nine-year-old boy. I was laid up in the front bedroom. Look kind of like I look now. I had a crew cut. <laughs> and this man came by from the local Baptist church that I attended some as a kid. And he walked in the door, and I knew he was a pastor because everybody came running in the room. Preacher's here, preacher's here. I got a cast on my leg. I ain't going nowhere. I'm in a wheelchair, okay? I'm laid in the bed. And that memory became just as real as it is right now. He walked to the door and said, hey, Brother Cosby. Hi, Keith. How you doing? I'm not doing so good. I wish I could play ball with my friends, but you've heard about my accident. Then he told me those words no kid should ever have to hear. Your mom's never coming home again. She's not going to walk through the door. She was killed in the automobile accident you were in, son. Her and your grandfather won't be coming home. Not a very good memory. But then I had a lot of good memories, too. Playing ball, pushing people in bushes, hide-and-go-seek, card games, whipple ball, football, basketball. Man, first date, last date, whatever, I don't know. I remember falling in love with Donna, calling her on the phone. I, I remember in those days we didn't have cell phones, and I'd, I'd lay in the bed. Do y'all remember this? This really dates your pastor. We had those phones. They were called rotary. <laughs> and I would count the digits in the dark, and I would call her and just listen to her breathe or talk. I know now I'm thinking, how stupid was that? But we were young and in love. Memories. Hey, somebody help the pastor. I got to have some tissue, man. I can't even see right now. Wait a minute. I'll, I'll get there. Anybody else get choked up besides me? Okay. Huh, it's my story. Okay, here we go. All right, let's move on. Well, I'm gonna, I want to show you something. Maybe this will illustrate it. Okay. There it is. Now, I remember learning this many years ago. If you take trees, you take a pine tree, you take a redwood, you take some kind of tree and you cut it open, you get a cross-section of that tree. You can learn a lot about a tree by dissecting it. Now, I, I use this when it's probably not the prettiest picture, but look at it. First year of growth, just kind of a dot. It shows you if there's a rainy season or a drought or dry or whatever. And even a forest fire in here. But you can learn a lot about the history of a tree if you just do a cross-section, if you cut it open. Now, I want you to remember this. Trees have rings, but so do you and I. We've all got rings in our lives. I want you to write that down. That's just kind of a, a bonus material today. We've all got some rings in our life. And if we could come into your heart this morning, we could just cut you open emotionally, your behavior. We, we could see great things about you. We could, uh, 
I, I, I remember, do you remember this as a kid? You'd be there with your little brother or sister, and you'd get all giggy or all giddy, and you would just, it was just crazy. And you remember you'd be sitting there with your brother, you were having some cereal, and you had some milk, you know where I'm going with this, and you'd laugh so hard, milk would come out your nose. Did anybody do that besides me? I mean, you know, those kind of memories hit. Or do you remember when you were growing up and you were a kid and you make the game-winning shot or you scored a touchdown or you hit the home run or you struck out? Or do you also remember when you got compared to your older brother or sister because they were just a little more academically inclined than you and you tried really hard and you came in and you pulled it up to a C or a B and they came in with an A and you wanted to take them out and just tell God that you didn't know where they were? But, you know, maybe... Maybe you had an alcoholic parent, and there was some stuff going on in your home. It was a little crazy. You remember that? Maybe there was abuse in your home, and you remember that? Or maybe there was a divorce of your parents, and you remember how that really was a tough situation on you? Man, life's just full of memories. And I just wanted to look at that today because it just made me remember, man, if a tree, how much more can God look at us as we take our journey with Christ? We are a product of our past. And we all got rings, and some are good, and some are not so good. But there's a lot of, I want to say this this morning, there's a lot of junk in our lives. And sometimes we take that junk, and we expose it to the master, to Jesus, and he can heal it. And sometimes we try to hide that abuse, and we try to hide those hurts. Uh, I think they would say we try to mask it. But it always has a way of kind of leaking out because it's just the way we're made. So here's my premise. Don't let the rings in your life keep you from living. Be free. Christ died to set you and me free. I mean, hidden hurts, they, they, they come, they're there. And why do we want to try to fool everybody? Let's quit. I, I read a book about 20 years ago. It was called Dropping Your Guard by Chuck Swindoll. It was all about taking off the mask and quit pretending and be who God called you to be. Be the real deal. Somebody needs to hear that today. You came to this service, you had no idea about a, what does it mean to journey to the heart of God. Well, the first stop I want to take this weekend is I want us to go back to our past, to the memories, to the things that have happened in years ago. Maybe it was a year ago, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50, 60 years ago. But go back and look at that and let Christ shine the light on that. Let him deal with that. Um, I was wondering, I, I study a lot, and I read a lot, and I study a lot of theology, and a lot of people go, should we ever go back? Is it really biblical? And that's a fair question. Is it biblical? Is it, is it right? Because the Bible, Paul says, press onward, press forward to know Christ, that you might know the power of Christ, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. And the scripture does say that's very clear about that. But... There is something about going to the past and letting Christ shine the light. I, I thought about two biblical characters today. Zacchaeus, Rachel's favorite Bible story is a little girl. Zacchaeus was a wee little man who climbed up in a sycamore tree. Other words, here's the real deal. He was a scumbag. He was a tax collector. He ripped people off. He was hated a lot. But one day... He heard about Jesus coming. He climbed up in the tree because he was so short he couldn't see. And he got a look at Jesus. And Jesus told him to come down. And he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. And that just really upset the religious people that Jesus was going to go hang out with a tax collector and a sinner like Zacchaeus. 
But then later in Luke, in Luke 19, the story, he says this. He goes, Zacchaeus, salvation has really come to your house. Because Zacchaeus says, I'm going to repay. I'm going to give back all these people that I've ripped off. So there was a visit to the past, but just a few weeks ago, as I'm breaking down from the New Testament series we've been doing, we talked about a guy, one of my favorite guys, and his name is Onesimus. And Onesimus is the runaway slave from Philemon, and he ripped him off, and he comes to faith in Jesus Christ under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And yet he has to go back. See, through Scripture, Old and New Testament, you can see that God has us go back to make it right that we can go forward. And the church said, and the church said, yeah, it didn't sound very firm. Like, man, I don't want to go back. Man, it's too shameful. It's too tough. But sometimes you can't get free if you hadn't dealt with it. Well, let me tell you, there's a guy in Scripture, one of my favorites. His name's King David. And in the Psalms, he gets raw and real and genuine and exposed to God. And this morning, I want us to turn together to Psalm 55. Open your Bibles to Psalm 55. Because this is a psalm of lament, a psalm of tears, a psalm of crying. And he begins to, somebody has wounded David. It's a raw deal. It's a messy deal. It's full of hurts. But David does something that you and I need to learn. He takes his mess to God. He gets honest. He comes face to face with the Father. Mike Iaconelli, the president of Youth Specialties that died several years ago in a tragic car accident, had a, a saying that he used to say. He wrote a book, I think, called Spirituality is Messy. When you really get it right with Christ and you move on, sometimes the spiritual life just gets a little messier than we want it to be. And we'll talk about some people that have had some messes and how God redeems that. But there in Psalm 55, I want you to see it. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble on me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest, the terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Does this sound like a guy that's having a great day? He's just getting raw. He's, he's just being transparent. He's just letting God shine on his life. He's just saying, God, I'm hurting. God, I'm wounded. God, I'm trembling. I, I've been overwhelmed. Lord, I just can't stop shaking. Let me just ask you today. Don't raise your hand. Just in your soul. Have you ever been to a point where you couldn't stop shaking? Things are just really hard. Things are just really rough. You're just kind of overwhelmed. You're beat up. You don't know what to do. Man, life's been cruel. Life's been rough. Flashbacks, they hunt us down. Those memories, they, they, come, they come running back. The old movie Forrest Gump, there's that scene. I've never, I know nobody can believe this. Me and Don have never seen the full movie. We've only seen parts of it over the years for some reasons that we have. But, but there's that one scene that I've seen, and I've seen a lot of clips of it, and it's with Forrest and Jenny, and she's all beat up from the abuse in her life. And what does she do? She, she says, Forrest... Sometimes there's just not enough rocks. Just not enough. You ever felt that way? Just not enough rocks to go around to pound on it and throw at it? How many of you want to throw one of these at your enemy? Come up here and you can have the anointed rock. Just come forward right now, one at a time. Boy, that'd be a great way to clear a house, wouldn't it? Ah, oh, boom! 
just not enough rocks. I did a message many years ago, and I called drop your rock. Just drop it. Drop it before the master. Now, I want to move on to this passage. I want, to, I want you to see this. Oh, that I would have the wings like a dove, and then I would fly away, and I would, I would rest. I would fly away to the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape far from this wild storm of hatred. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to get out of this life. Does anybody else want to get out of this life sometimes? Sometimes it just isn't fun, and it's just not good, and it's just not adding up, and I'm not feeling fulfilled, I'm not having any joy, I'm not having any peace, I'm not having any happiness. I just want to fly away. If you hadn't, are you living? Are you breathing? We all get there. And the psalmist, what I love about the psalms are they're just so real. I mean, I, I read them all the time because I find strength from my journey. Because this journey to the heart of Abba is phenomenal. It's awesome. It's life transforming. It's life changing. But sometimes it just is still hard. And you're in route this morning. I'm in route, and I'm just wondering, what do we do? But then let's move on to verse 12. It's not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not for my foes who are so arrogantly insult me. In other words, they'd gone up to the house of God, the people he went to church with, people he went to temple with. They insulted him. Can I just tell you as a pastor for the last 29 years, I have been deeply loved, but I've been deeply wounded. People I love, man, they have had the ability and the desire to wound me and wound me deeply. My wife knows the joy that I have immeasurably in my heart because of this faith community. I want to bless you and say thank you. But she also knows the wounds that I've taken on in 15 years and the wounds that she's taken on. You're saying, why are you being so transparent? Because I just figure it ain't time to fake it anymore. You know what I'm saying, church? Hello, church? Am I speaking to anybody today? Somebody like, well, you're supposed to give us three points in a poem and make us feel good and then just back out and go out and eat the gospel bird for lunch and I'll be good. That's really going to help you when life caves in, isn't it? But some of you are going to pick up Psalm 55 this week or next week or next month. And you're going to go, man, there's strength for my, for my journey. And there he goes, it's, it's, what, it's not my enemy who taunts me. I could bear that, but it's those other people. I mean, here's something. Your equal companion could be fellow church members. It could be your family, your mom or dad left, your friend left, somebody left, somebody checked out on you. You're like, man, I, I don't get this. But then on there, look, look what, but he says here, but what good fellowship we once had. You know, I mean, here's a close friend. Let me see if I can get to this one. Here it is. What good fellowship we once enjoyed is we walked together to the house of God. I think there's nothing like the house of the Lord Jesus. Do you, church? I love the house of God, the people of God, the fellowship of God. He says, do not forsake the assembly and some are in the habit of doing. I long to go to the house of my God. For there I find refuge and I find strength and I find comfort and I find instruction and I find a place to worship and I find a place to confess my sins and have a fellowship with Abba. I mean, all those things are here. But then, if you go into this one, it's amazing. In the message, I, I love to read Eugene Peterson. He says this, Haul my betrayers off alive to hell. Let them experience the horror. Let them feel every desolate detail of a damn life. In other words, Eugene's going, I'm mad. Can anybody identify with that? Sometimes it's just hard. You're saying, well, why are you telling us this? Because the scripture tells us this. And, but here, here's, a, here's some of the points I want to make today that will help us. 
determined to be a person after God's heart, fill it in. Determined to be a person that God, I want your heart. I want your heart and my heart to beat as one. I want your heart and my heart to be unified. Father, I need redemption. Father, I need refreshment. Father, I need renewal in my heart today that I can be renewed in the presence of you. God, I want to get to know you. I want to know, Lord, I spew out. Hey, let me, let me just tell you this. You can spew your stuff out to Abba, and he won't love you any less. Now, that's not true of people. Sometimes you spew to people. You know what they do? They leave. And I'll tell you why in a minute. But you can spew it out to God, and you will not be abandoned when you're transparent and honest to him. At the core of your very being, being who God's created you to be, will you get honest? Will you allow him to work? But then there's another point here. Will you take your woundedness to God and allow him to do his healing? This morning, I, I just want to tell you, friends, that's a great word. Our woundedness, a product of our journey, our past memories, or whatever happened last week or last month or last year, let's take that woundedness to Jesus. And Jesus knows what to do with it. But we could check out of here today and go, man, that was a great service. Enjoyed the worship. Word was okay. I'm leaving now. I'm going to go out wounded just like I came in. And that would be a sad commentary for you. So let Christ begin to do divine surgery. Let him do that healing work where he begins to check in. He begins to do stuff. There's, there's a, a, a UCLA guy here, Stephen Burglis, and he did a lot of writings. But I love this particular quote. He says, they carry an open wound that they're really running to escape from. What I think is significant is how these people find that success does nothing to heal the injury. Many times we get so caught up in our successes, but we don't find healing there. At a certain level, success exasperates it, making the person more alone. They strive, they strive to get more and more, and they wonder if everything was gone, would anybody love me? I bet there's some people in this room today could say, you know, I feel like that's the only reason I have friends, because I got something or I could provide something for them. And that's sad. Do they just love you because you're you, just because you can be you? Maybe you can't really give anything financially, but you can give a, a shoulder. You can give a listening ear. You can give a word of exhortation. You can come alongside. You can give them a laugh. You can do whatever, but you, you allow Christ to go deep within the Holy Spirit and allow him to probe. I, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Hurting people hurt other people. And there's a place for us to hurt. I'm, I'm not trying to minimize it today. This is a safe place. I pray the church will be a place that we can do that. But then he goes on and he wants to continue to talk about, but I will call on God and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night I cry out in my distress and the Lord hears my voice. Y'all, that is the good word of the Lord. Morning, noon, night, continually I can lift my request. I can lift I can lift my brokenness, I can put my stuff, I can put my woundedness, my shame, my guilt, my sin before him, and he loves me no less. I'm overwhelmed by his love. And he just wants to bring us to a place here that we cry out in our distress, but he keeps us safe. This, this verse goes on. He ransoms me and he keeps me safe from the battle waged against me, though many still oppose me. Y'all, this is not man, this is God that provides and you give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. This morning, if you are godly, and the godly are those that are in Christ Jesus, he won't let you fall. I don't know, y'all. This is a word that a lot of you need to hear today. And if you don't, 
put it away and you'll need to come back to it and go man i need to that i need to give my burdens to the lord i need to give those things that are weighing me down those that uh those responsibilities those things that have hindered me those things that have paralyzed me i offer them unto christ and but look at this but you oh god you will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction murderers will die young but i am trusting you to save me who's the psalmist trusting not a friend not his father his earthly father not his mama not his uncle not his aunt not his job not his sheep he's trusting god god i will trust you to save me this morning i i'm just believing that somebody needs to go there say god i, I want to let you save me i want to let you do something but look at this present your distorted thinking up against the honest truth of his word now i could spend an hour on this i want but i just want to tell you this we have some messed up thinking and we have to bring it into alignment to the word of god and let god shape our thinking and transform us by the renewing of our mind as we meditate and chew and read and study scripture it begins to liberate the soul it liberates the mind so in this thing we have to take the, the, the honest truth of what god says that we you know what happens when you take the the truth of god's word you have to lose your excuses and and you say god i want to do something different you uh, a lot of times we believe the lies of the enemy and when we believe the lies of the enemy it always shakes us it always destroys us it always consumes us wrong thinking will overthrow us but god says you don't have to think like that anymore let me just give you a resource that just hit me as i'm preaching the battlefield of the mind greatest book ever written on transformed thinking by george meyer great book many of you in this room have read it many of you need to read it battlefield of the mind but i want to tell you this this is critical get to know god as father now i want you to hear this today get to know god as abba get to know god as daddy now there's some people in this room today and i understand this and it's okay some of you had a bad father situation relationship non-existent he left before you were born he left early on he was abusive i don't know what it is but i'm going to tell you there's a perfect heavenly father and he will never let you down church and we've got to say i got to get to know god as, as abba as daddy is the perfect one as we get to know him there's healing there's hope there's joy in our journey and this morning i'm just begging you begin to trust and say god i want to know you as father as I, as I was thinking about this, I heard my dad's voice. Son, he, he could say it, couldn't he, Don? Firm. Son, he just, my dad just had he, had, he loved me deeply. He didn't tell me he loved me to the last eight years of his life. Oh, he would occasionally, but the last eight years of his life, he told me all the time he loved me. Dad, I love you. Son, I love you. Son, I love you. I love you. Dad, we love each other. Okay, we got that settled. Okay. It was cool. And my dad was flawed. He was not perfect. He had lots of warts. But guess what? Apple didn't fall too far from the tree. I'm flawed. And let me tell every man in this room, you're flawed. We're flawed dads hoping to conform to the image of Jesus Christ as we walk on our journey of faith. And as we walk through this, we embrace him. We're not left alone because I found this, my best efforts still come up short. How about yours? Even, even when I think I've got it right with my girls, I still can manage to mess up. And I'm a blessed man. My girls love me deeply. They tell me all the time. They hug me, they kiss me, they write me cards, they spend time with me, they pray for me. 
That's a blessed man, isn't it? But guess what? Their dad's flawed. Right now, if you go over there, Rachel's over there right now in, 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 in the theater, and if you said, hey, is your dad flawed? She wouldn't want to tell you, but she would. She goes, yeah, he's a flawed dad. But he wants to be like his heavenly father. And he's trying to present Christ to me. I, I just want you to write down this passage. I don't have time to read it all, but I want you to know Luke 15, verses 11 to 32, the prodigal son. And this thought just came. God wants to smother you with kisses. You women are like, oh, I just love that. And you men are like, I don't want the slobber and all that stuff on me. Smothering with kisses, I, I don't know about that. But I'm okay. I think about my Heavenly Father wanting to love on me and being tender. Let's look at this. I needed to allow God to father me. I needed to acknowledge him as father and submit. Traditional language might use the term repentance here. In part, this meant admitting I wanted autonomy from God and admitting I wanted my own way and asking him to change my heart. One of the issues I deal with having grown up without a father is a kind of resentment at the mention of actually needing a dad. I had to admit I needed one. I had to tell God I wanted him to father me. Here's a thought this morning as we look at that. The guy that said that was Donald Miller. Maybe this morning, for the first time, you can come to grips with that and say, Father, I need you to father me. Can I just tell you this? I need my Heavenly Father to father me. Even though I had a dad and I love my dad and he loved me, but he's been dead, I, I never will forget. I remember going to Donna about the first couple of days. She said, how you doing? I said, I'm okay. I said, but it just hit me. I got this thing by myself now. I'm alone. I've got a heavenly father, but my earthly father has passed from this life. And maybe you had a bad one or a good one, but let God the Father father you. And look, look, look what he says here. I will be a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows. This is God who's dwelling and is holy. God promises to father us if we'll just trust him. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free, gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in sun-scorched land. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. See, the whole shift here is we have to get back here on the Father. and We have to look at his love and remember how much he loves us. And we begin to say, Lord, I trust you. He forgives all my sins. He heals my diseases. He redeems me from the death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And can we all say amen? How many of you are tired? Well, I don't mean right now. How many of you get tired? Yeah, I mean, you know, you need to be renewed. And the Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Now, here's the good news. Determined to run to him as deliverer. God is a delivering God. He delivers us from our sin. And there's a great book. My wife introduced it to me. She's such a great reader. Get Out of the Pit by Beth Moore. Many of you women have read it. i, I got to tell you, I've, I've been reading this book with all the other books I'm reading. It is a great read. Beth Moore, I, I think, this is my personal opinion. Donna's influenced me, but I totally agree. I think she's the greatest woman Bible teacher on the planet. I, I, just, I just love Beth Moore. She's so raw. She's so real. She's just so full of God. But if you know anything about her, her past is incredibly painful and woundedness. And because of that, she has her whole Living Proof Ministries and breaking free and this book get out of the pit some of you today go, i just want to stay in the pit why do you want to stay in the pit matter of fact i want to give this to you 
Beth says this, people can help us, but they can't heal us. When you run to people, they can help you, but they can't heal you. People can lift us, but they can't carry us. I will say this, some of you might need to go see a Christian counselor, and that is good, but there is one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is a deliverer. God will use man and woman, but ultimately God wants to share his glory with no one, and he wants us to look to him. Now, i, I got to say this, and i, I got to hurry. Man, it's getting late. I, I want to tell you this. Man, I was reading, man, I've been studying on this message all week, and when I heard this from Beth, man, it so spoke to my heart, and it made me feel not as guilty. Can I just tell you this? I'm going to help some people right now, and I'm going to make some people mad. Is that okay? This is going to help somebody. When somebody, a friend, they've been a friend five months, five years, 50 years, and they come to you, and y'all are confidants, and y'all share life, and, and y'all exchange, and y'all pray, and you, and you encourage, and you listen, and you help each other, that is awesome. But sometimes we get to an emotional and spiritual state that we are so heavy and we keep dumping on another person and we keep dumping on them and you notice they get less attentive and you notice they quit calling and they quit wanting to spend time. Let me just say to you, don't get bitter and angry. It could be they're running out of spiritual resources. They're running out of energy. They don't know how to help you. Because see, when I go back to the scriptures, God is the one that wants to heal some, so many times I see people that they run to people. And we need people. We need skin. I, I'm not trying to knock that out, man. We need counselors. We need one another. But have you run to him? And then I want to tell you this one. This is critical. Well, it's a great quote. we got to move on. Oh, anyway. I forgot I put that in there. Okay. Become a wounded healer. If you're wounded today, you've been wounded, determined to let Christ heal you and heal up. We read this book when I was in seminary by Henry Nouwen, the wounded healer. And we're all wounded healers if we're willing to take our wounds to the cross. So this morning is just part one, and it's not all going to be about our past. Today is this. We're going we're to move on next weekend about listening to God, how to hear from God, how to listen to Him. Because God is so capable of taking all the things in our life, and we, and we take that to Him. This whole wounded healer, let me just give you some quick examples. I've seen this over and over in our church. There are people in here today that might be dealing with infertility or you have in the past. Take that to Jesus. Maybe there's drug and alcohol abuse or sexual abuse. Take that to Jesus. Maybe there's the wound of a relationship with your kids or the wound of a divorce. Take that to Jesus. Whatever it is, let him heal you. Because here's what I know about the church. The church is to be a community of wounded healers. Because if our church gets this truth down, our church explodes for Jesus Christ. Because people will find it safe in the presence of Christ. Let's bow our heads together. Can you do that with me? Lord, we started off talking about rings today. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would allow you to look at the rings of our life and the pain and the mistakes and the things that we've done. And, and today, by your grace, you allow us to break free of the destructive habits that have been formed in us. I pray that today, Jesus, we would choose to break the sin pattern or the generational curses up to now, and we would be the person that would start freedom in our family. All praise unto you, Father. Lord, help us to overcome. Help, help us to let go of the things that grip us and uh, hold us back. Help us to give up. Help us to lay down things today, Jesus. And Father, I pray that today you could be our heavenly Papa, Daddy Abba. The scripture says you're the defender of the weak and you renew our strength. Father, help flawed dads in this room today. 
help flawed moms. Heal stuff in us today, Lord. Comfort us that we can comfort others. Lord, we need you. We so need you today, Lord. The comfort we find, may we share that with others. The comfort of Christ. God, I thank you for showing up today. I know this is a heavy message, but Lord, I just believe by the power of your word, you're breaking strongholds and you're setting people free from addictions and things that have held them back long enough. I pray for homes to become healthy today in Jesus' name. I pray for marriages to look to Christ. I pray for boys and girls to look to Jesus. Lord, you're our great hope. You're our only Savior. You're our deliverer. Whom do we have in heaven but you, O oh God? You are great and majestic. We call upon the authority of you today, Jesus. Set us free.